Hi, this is Tim. This is just a heads up that all the advice you're hearing in this podcast is general in nature. If you want something more specific, then feel free to contact us. Drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk accountant, drunk accountant, drunk account, drunk, drunk, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account, drunk account. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Tim. And today we have another edition of Brewing a Business. Yeah, actually, uh, let's do a little intro for our guest, Dan. So, we've got Mark Jenkins, who is a chartered accountant. So, he's one of us. <laughs> he, uh, he's, he used to own his own accounting firm. And more recently, he is a director of The Gap. Um, and so, with Mark, um, he's been sort of a mentor for us, really, uh, of late. He's been, been working with us and, and many things that we're doing in our practice. So, we thought... Mark's got a cool story. He's got a cool accent because he's a Kiwi. So He's from from New Zealand. (laughs) So, we thought, Mark, come on and tell us a bit of your story. So, thanks for being here, Mark. No, thanks, um, Tim and Dan. It's nice to be here. And um, I've got two accents, really. I've got my Kiwi accent and then I speak Accountonese as well. So, (laughs) that's a bit of a dialect. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you always tell us not to speak Accountonese. So, so that's... (laughs) <laughs> Present company included. Yeah, guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we're, we're fluent in that. So, um, but what we're excited to talk to you today about, Mark, is is obviously we're fans of, of The Gap. Uh, we're fans of the content. A lot of the things that you out there listening to the podcast would have heard us speak about, um, we've taken from The Gap. So, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the things like the seven ways to grow or, or um, the simple business plan and, and things like mm-hmm. that that we talk about on the podcast uh, comes from The Gap. So, we're really interested in just hearing your journey, uh, mm-hmm. how it is that, that you started your own accounting firm and, and how far along the way you realized that the people did want this additional help and, and what that looked like and how that fed into the gap. And yeah, I'm just excited to, to hear all of your flurnings, Yeah, as you like to say. <laughs> Yeah, those learnings are um, they're, they're great. Actually, the failures that lead to a learning. So yeah. <laughs> um, certainly, my biggest learnings came from my biggest failures, and boy, there were some good failures along the way for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to say I look forward to hearing about those, but um, but I do, I do look forward to hearing about those because, <laughs> like you said, you learn so much, and that's obviously got you to where you are today. So, um, should we start back at the uh, beginning of your journey? Um, when you're an accountant, chartered accountant, had your own accounting firm. What, what made, what was your journey of getting into business in the first place? Yeah, it, I mean, it was interesting actually. I mean, I started as about a 14-year-old deciding that I wanted to be an accountant because I got my first pay packet and um, even with the exchange rate between Australia and New Zealand, $2.25 an hour was not a lot of money in those days. <laughs> and I'd worked out, you know, I'd done five hours work or whatever, so I was really looking forward to my first pay, pay packet and in those days I'm showing my age bit of brown paper with some you know some notes and coins inside and there was ten dollars and six cents in there so that was my first calculation of tax and so i thought "Hmm, maybe there's something i can do about saving people some tax long time ago just decided to be an accountant that's cool but yeah yeah so i did some time with uh uh, one of the big four accounting firms big eight or big six they were back in those days and i to be honest i got a little bit uh disgruntled by that and you know, gave up and said, no, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to spend a lot of time around the photocopying machine and, and so on. So, <laughs> but um, having done some travel overseas, I came back to the, the beautiful beach that I live on now called Ohupi Beach mm-hmm. and uh, married my lovely wife. And the only sort of job that I could get locally was at an accounting firm. 
Um, and so I sort of fell back into the industry as a result of that. So it was purely by by chance that that happened and by necessity where, where I was living. And wow. and this is, I'm going to, I'm going to share a, a word here that's, it is, you, you want to listen carefully to where I come from. I come from Whakatane. <laughs> <laughs> it is a real place. Yep. Oh, brilliant. I like that place. It's yeah. a good place. <laughs> it's, it's where all accountants are born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Whakatane, yeah. W-H-A-K-A. Yeah. There we go. So let's set the record straight and yeah. keep this clean. <laughs> I love so it. anyway, so I started some time with, with this with this accounting firm and uh, before I knew it, the guy said, well, look, I'm going over to South Africa for a while. Will you look after my practice for me? And and I said, yep, yep, I'll give that a go. Um, and then he basically sold it to me, uh, oh. long story short. Uh, and that was, had, I was part of a team of three at that point. And so I didn't really start it from scratch. I really needed to grow it from there. Cool. And then we sort of grew it up and, and ultimately we got to about 40 employees for a while, wow. a couple, couple of different offices. Uh, and then then that was when I got my biggest learning. So, yeah. <laughs> what was I mean, I was going to ask, when did you start to realize your reason for being in business? Because, um, I mean, that's one of the big things around the gap and a lot of education for accountants dealing with dealing with their clients is to get them back in touch with their purpose. When did you mm-hmm. become to learn your purpose and mm-hmm. your why? Good question. Yeah that, yeah, that is a good question. And, and I have to say that sort of in the early days, it was all about necessity. I had a, a, a newborn son. Uh, and you know, it was about paying the mortgage and, and getting enough money in to, to, to survive uh, and to live in this beautiful place that I live in. So that was the, the purpose, was all about me and my family. And uh, But then I guess it was probably about sort of three or four years in when you know, some of my trades clients especially, you, know, you could tell you were a grudge purchase. You could tell that nobody really wanted to be, mm. you know, they didn't wake up in the morning and go, you know what, I'm really looking forward to going and paying two and a half mm. grand to my accountant today for mm. something that I have to do every year, mm. my annual accounts and my compliance work. Uh, and I used to go down the profit and loss statement and, you know, sort of skip past accounting fees when I was talking to the clients about mm. it. And, and then I thought, I'm, I'm just a leech. I'm just taking money for something that they don't want they have to buy, they have to do it, they're fearful of what will happen if we don't do it, mm. if we don't do their compliance work and don't file their tax return. And I thought, there's got to be something more to this than, mm. than what I'm doing. Sure. You know, and so I, I guess my first, first realisation of my purpose was I had to make myself free, I w- then I wouldn't feel like a leech. Mm. So if I could make myself free. So that was the first part of my uh, you know, realisation of purpose. Mm. And so... Sure. What came out of that was actually let's try and minimise tax for clients. Let's let's find angles and things that we can do, all legitimate, of course, mm-hmm. um, to to minimise tax. And then the next realisation was, well, hold on a minute, maybe we could do some things. Some of my clients were doing really well, and some of them weren't doing so well. And so I thought, well, I'm getting exposure to what works and what doesn't work. Maybe mm-hmm. I can share a little bit of how we can help clients make more money. And then as I grew a little bit, bit more mature, I guess, I realized that actually I wanted to have more time at home with my family and more. And I looked at a lot of my clients and they didn't have time with their, mm. with their children. They worked really long hours. So I created a, if, I, if you like, a brand promise, which was to help clients make more money, pay less tax and have a great lifestyle. 
And that was That's... kind of the beginning of my purpose. Um, but it wasn't till I, I, I really started to, you know, I read Simon's next book and, and you know, sure. start with why. Great read, all about the golden circle, and I really started thinking, okay, well, what is my core purpose? And yeah. my accounting firm was called Key Accountants, Q U A Y, mm -hmm. uh, and so I thought, well, unlocking business potential was my mm. core purpose. So mm. that and that, oh, okay. the business potential unlocked as either helping clients make more money, pay less tax, or just free up their time and have a great lifestyle. Yeah, you, you, you're speaking. I'm sure a journey that us and and mm. almost every other accountant <clears throat> out there has, has been through. You know, we mm. we we do feel that that when there's clients out there who just begrudgingly come to us to get their tax done, that's not something that you really want to sustain doing. It's 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 not fun for you. It's not fun mm. for them. Uh, and and the other part of that, which I really relate to, is is your purpose ended up being about helping people create that lifestyle. Mm. And that's that's something that we focus on as well. When, you know, we're yep. coining the term lifestyle accountants, but mm. uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a journey that that a lot of accounting firms would definitely have been on. Yeah, a few distinctions for me there. That's a word I learned from Mark as well. Mm. Distinctions. Yep. Uh, but, um, uh, I really you never got those in uni. <laughs> <laughs> no, they got high distinctions. <laughs> okay, thanks, sorry. Dan. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I actually really like the fact that Mark's purpose there. You could actually say. He's still fulfilling that purpose yeah. to an extent. He's not it owning an accounting firm anymore. Mm. Uh, he's doing something different, but the purpose is actually still quite similar. Would you say that as well, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think I always live into uh, one of my core values um, personally, and 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 my you know private consulting business is is empowerment, and and mm. I've defined that as I believe in you. So mm. anybody that I work with. My children, my, you know, my friends, yeah, the people that I go rowing with, and um, you know, the sport that I do, that sort of thing. I, I believe in them, and so I, I want to empower them to be the best that they can be, and that's always been my my mantra. And so, to unlock business potential was just the angle on that. So, mm. so I guess you know, there's lots of talk about you know, find your why and and get your purpose right, but unless it's real and unless it resonates with how you behave and perform. It's, it's really just words. And so mm. we've got to live into it. So I don't believe that if you sell your accounting firm like I did you know, six or seven years ago, that you stop living into that core purpose. It's, it stays with you. Mm. Yeah, I think that's also mm. why a lot of the time your core purpose shouldn't state the products that you sell or services you provide because mm. it can change. If, if you're still fulfilling that purpose, it can change. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, very good. And so... Um, there's another interesting thing I, I kind of want to pick your brain on as well, and I'm sure it was unfolding throughout um, the time frame that you were just discussing there of running your business. In New Zealand, um, things changed a lot for accountants recently, uh, and maybe this was after you sold the firm, but uh, things were simplified in a big way for accounting practices and for people lodging tax returns in New Zealand, which is, which is very different to Australia. We're not at that point yet. Um, so, did you find that um, following your purpose and trying to, I guess, suppose not be a leech, <laughs> was the word you used, um, helped put you in a stronger position when the market changed due to like say government regulation changes? Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really think about it like that. It wasn't a conscious decision to adapt to what was happening in the industry or what was happening with with taxes. But for sure, you know, we 
you know, we ended up in New Zealand where, you know, personal tax filing requirements were essentially removed. And so people who are on salary and wages didn't have to file a tax return. And then we had, you know, this plethora of new technology that was, you know, making it much easier to do annual accounts and compliance work. And some of the distinctions between Australia and New Zealand and the tax system is we currently have no capital gains tax in New Zealand. We don't have um, estate and, and wealth duties um, in New Zealand. We don't have stamp duty or anything like that. So there was a necessity to do more that was coming from the industry and and government changes. But that wasn't a driver for me. The driver, honestly, for me was not being a leech and wanting to help small businesses to do better uh, and to really... I guess part of living in Whakatane, a small town, 25,000 people, a lot of these clients became my friends and people that I would you know, see at sports events or um, out and about at school and that sort of thing. And so I wanted to build a relationship with them that was giving them so much more than just that grudge purchase. So mm. it was it was having having that purpose beyond just making money for myself and surviving as a family uh, and, and helping as many other people to achieve that as I could. So the driver for me was not the, the, the tax simplification. I, I, I can honestly say that. And it's yeah. even, even now in the work that I do at The Gap, our core purpose at The Gap is uh, accountants accelerating small business success. So we are still, that journey of unlocking potential is, for me, is still going on. Mm. Yeah, we're working with hundreds of accounting firms to help them to accelerate their small business success. So it's just an extension of my original core purpose. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I, I just think um, you could say you're on that journey because of your purpose already. But I also think being in touch with your purpose and striving towards that put you in a stronger position when things did change because you can't control that. It's out of your control. So, mm. um, it gave you an edge, um, yeah. which was obviously really valuable. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, we, you've spoken about how that purpose um, definitely led to changes with the services that you provide to your clients and, and how you approach them. But, you know, you, you, you were originally working for one of the big four, uh, you go suddenly, you're in a small business, you manage a team. Uh, how did that translate into your business and what you were doing and the learnings you had where suddenly you were responsible for this thing? Mm. Yeah, I, I guess one of the sort of big learnings for me was that as you grew bigger, you couldn't do everything anymore. So mm. you go from being in a big four environment where you're supported by lots of lots of people that do the little bits, bits and pieces of the job. And, um, and so you've got that whole team approach. Then you go into a small business and you kind of have to do everything. But then when you do a good job of that and that grows, then all the natural reaction is to just say yes to all the new clients that are coming in and then just keep employing more people but you can't scale what it is that you do beyond a certain point. You just end up working really long hours yourself and you end up really out of control. And what you are wanting to do, you can't do it anymore because you're too bogged down with the compliance work or managing the team, that sort of thing. So a big life-changing moment for me, it was the concept of learning the, the 10 hats, the, um, the 10 different hats that every business owner wears. I'll just rattle through those quite quickly, you know, yeah. so you put a shareholder hat, a director hat, a leader hat, a product development hat, operations, sales, marketing, 
uh, admin, finance, HR. So, and, and IT goes in with admin. So mm. you've got these 10 different hats and you've got to think, as a business owner, I've actually got to wear all of those hats. And so how am I going to spend time working with clients that's the operations hat. How am I going to spend time doing that mm. when I've also got a, got all these HR issues to deal with? I've got you know my own practice accounts to look after. Yeah, you know, I've got to think about some marketing. I've got to you know I've got to be thinking about the services that I've got to develop because these are new new concepts. So let's say I'm going to start helping clients to achieve their true potential. I wanted to write systems for you know doing business planning and coaching mm. and all of those services but I needed my team to be able to do some of that work. So I had to document those systems. So the, the big learning for me there was get clear on what these 10 hats are, work out which of those 10 hats I should delegate to somebody else or take off myself. And where could I contract in or, or contract out to outsource some of, these, some of these other hats so that I could have as much time as possible doing the work that I really enjoyed doing. So I know you guys are familiar with the 10 hats as well, and that's something that you've adopted in your business. So it's a, it's a, it's a really great concept and one that I learned from my business coach. Yeah, and I think that's something that every small business owner goes through, not just accounting firms, not just services, mm. but, but any small business owner gets to a point where they just don't have the time to do all the things they need to be doing. Or they do have the time, but they're, they're ruining the reason they started a business in the first place, which may have been the lifestyle that they were after. Yep. Um, so, yeah, identifying which parts in those 10 hats that you can delegate to someone else, outsource to someone else. And, and a lot of people also be like, oh, I don't want to pay someone to do my payroll, for instance. Um, but you really need to think about that as an opportunity cost. Yeah. You know, all right, well, yes, I've got to pay X amount per week for someone to process this mm. for me. But... But what's the opportunity of that time? What could I be doing with that time that's going to earn me more or give me the lifestyle that I want? Exactly. And that's something that a lot of small business owners don't really appreciate until they get to that point. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I think there's a nice link there, Dan. Sorry mm-hmm. to, um, okay. to interrupt you, Tim. That there's a nice link with the, the, what, what we refer to as the three freedoms. Mm. The, the three things that every business owner wants. You know, they either want time freedom financial freedom or mind freedom. Mm. So my journey started off, I thought it was all about financial freedom. It was all about the money. But the more, the busier I got, the less of the mind freedom I got because I was so stressed and certainly the less time freedom I got. So when you're positioning the idea of payroll, you know, doing payroll or one of your business clients outsourcing their payroll responsibilities to you as the accountant, Mm. it's about not so much the saving that they would get or so the opportunity cost um, that they would get or the opportunity to generate revenue greater than the cost. It's the peace of mind or the mind freedom that actually the payroll is going to be done correctly. Mm. There's not going to be an added cost to them at year end when you try and reconcile their payroll and end up charging them even more of a grudge fee for fixing up what they've done. And also, what is the value of the time that they would spend? When are they doing that payroll? Probably in the evening, probably on the weekends. And, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not wanting to do that. Mm. And so it's a false saving. And so I think linking it back to those three freedoms helps clients to see the, the value of using, living into those 10 hats and, and outsourcing the finance responsibilities to the accountant. For me, it was the, the biggest thing for me is that I outsourced a lot of the marketing 
to I actually in the end employed a full-time marketing person oh. because I was convinced that that everyone else was going to catch up and copy and, and do this sort of work and do a lot of coaching work with clients and help them with business planning. And so I needed to get there first. As it turned out that, you know, that was nine, 10 years ago, and it's really only now starting to become a, a normal thing for accountants to be doing. Yeah, very well ahead of, the, of your time there. Um, it's really interesting to hear you say that you had to, through your own journey, figure out the 10 hats, <laughs> the ones you wanted to wear, the ones that you could outsource. Um, what other learnings did you have in the accounting firm as you were progressing towards, towards selling the business? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there were a couple of, there was a moment in my life where, where I, you know, I, I started to think about, uh, you know, my, my grandmother passed away, she lived in the UK, mm. so, and I went to her funeral and I flew all the way over there and all the way back on my own. And I just had plenty of reflection time. And I was just thinking, well, what did I learn from, from, my, from my grandmother? And, and what I learned from her was that, uh, you know, that she was a really great family person and she always had time for the family. And I was reflecting on what sort of a husband and father was I being. Um, and at that point, I'm, I'm pretty sure I had a, a team of about 40 people um, I had, there was a second director there for a while and, and we didn't get along particularly well. So there were some challenges there. Mm. And so I was putting in some long hours and, and I just thought, you know what, I think I've done enough here. I think it's time that you know, it's time for me to go back to the family and, and, and to sell the business. Mm. Uh, and I, and it was just that the, the scale had got to be so much and what I was building had taken so much. So that was the, the defining moment. What was the, the learning there? The learning was just before that. I'd, I'd been going really well in the business. I thought I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof. I went to Brisbane. I, I saw a, uh, uh, well, let's just call him an accounting evangelist. Mm -hmm. And he sold me the sizzle on all this wonderful thing that things that I could achieve um, if I were just to invest in the franchise. Uh, yeah. which I did boots and all. Um, it was one of the biggest uh, financial disasters of my life. And I, I, I've read a book by Keith Cunningham recently called, um, uh, well, it, he, he talks about a, a dumb tax and it's, mm. it's called, the book's called The Path Less Stupid. Mm. Um, and so and, and in this book, he refers to dumb tax. So what was the dumb tax you paid? Well, that dumb tax was a huge dumb tax for me. I spent a heap of money on this franchise, mm -hmm. lots of money on investment. Uh, I ended up with content that was all in video format that I wasn't able to present to my clients. It wasn't authentically me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and cut a long story short, I lost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so that actually helped me, you know, the true story, our family was living out of a a jar we had a wine glass that we put our cash in at the start of the week that was our personal budget for spending wow. uh, i was at risk of losing my house because i just leveraged everything to the max and and so 250 dollars a week was our spending money and every at the end of every week if there was any money left we would sort of stash it away um, and after six months we made some savings we got ourselves out of this hole that we were in mm. and we were able to celebrate and go out as a family so the, the learning from that wasn't for, for me so much. It was my son who was, he was telling me just the other day, he remembered that and he remembered what it felt like when we went out for dinner for the first time in six months and we learned the value of money. So he actually got the learning from that more than I did. Wow. But my, my learning was, 
when you're growing and it's going swimmingly, you make dumb mistakes. Mm. You, 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 you think that all of your decisions will be the right ones and you don't consider all of the possibilities. You don't check your assumptions. You don't think deeply about something before you make a decision. Mm. So anyone who's had a, paid a dumb tax, you know, it could be in terms of time wasted or money lost. Think about your worst financial decision you ever made. I sold a house in Wellington when I was in my twenties, which if I kept, I'd be, you know, have an extra million bucks or something. So that was, that's a million dollars worth of dumb tax right there. Yeah. So it, it focuses you and reminds you to really think things through. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. there you go. There's one or two flurnings. That's, Tim. that's great. Yeah. And you know, I think, um, you're right. When you put that um, real nice name on it, dumb tax, everyone's mm. like, yeah, I've paid the dumb tax. <laughs> <laughs> I also exactly. like, uh, did you say you put, the, you put the cash in a wine glass? I think that's a dangerous place because you're filling it up with wine potentially a little bit. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, yeah, talking to two drunk accountants, I guess I, that didn't really cross my mind, guys. You know? We couldn't afford any wine. <laughs> Uh, yes. Okay. So, so you got to the point where you, you made that decision to sell the accounting firm and you came up for clean air potentially, or did you already have plans on what the next part of your journey was going to be? The, the, the present day, I guess, which is the gap. Um, was that? Yeah, I, yeah. Not, a, not at all. I, yeah. I, uh, I was very lucky. The person that helped me to sell my business is now my business partner, uh, Viv Brownrigg, yeah. and she's abs- an absolute expert on on helping with succession planning in the accounting industry. And so she helped me through that process. Nice. But she asked me the question, well, tell me about your revenue. And I talked about, well, 50% of my revenue was coming from advisory services. And she said, well, how do you do that? And I said, oh, well, I've got these systems that, that we follow. You know, and she said, well, tell me more about these systems. I said, oh, well, there's, there's, they're flow charts and they're, they're scripts and they're templates and they're how-to documents and they're you know, detailed delivery notes. And I, and I did those because I needed to have my team to be able to do this work as well. Mm. And she said, well, can you show me these? So trundled back to her with my 25 system kits and these beautiful red um, plastic folders my baby was ugly, I'm telling you. It was a very, very <laughs> ugly baby. And um, showed this to Viv and, and said to her, you know, well, this is this is what it is that I do and this is how I do it. She said, I've never seen anything like this. I said, oh, well, you haven't been around much then because everyone <laughs> must have this. Uh, and so long story short, we, when we sold the business, we kept that IP and gave the, the purchaser a license to use it uh, forever. Smart. And we took that content and together created the gap. So that was the birth of the gap. And to be perfectly honest, I thought that was a dumb tax right there. I thought there was no way that any accountants would want this sort of content. I thought they would have done it all themselves. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we launched in, in the UK and we were in, in Manchester about to go and do our first presentation to you know 20 or so accounting firms, I thought we'd be gone by, gone by morning tea. I, I had a real imposter syndrome moment thinking that people would just say, well, oh yeah, this is the same as this product here, but this mm. product's way, way better. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen and, and that was the beginnings of the gap. So cool. that was sort of 2014. So maybe that was early days, I'm, I'm not too sure, uh, but that was the birth of the gap. It was cool. the, the you, beginning of systemized advisory content, yeah. Did you just say that you launched first in the UK? No, we no, we no. launched in New Zealand yeah, uh, and sure. we had an event up up in up in Auckland, uh, but a couple of years later, uh, yeah. 
quite by chance we ended up in the UK and that was a, a funny story as well. But um, yeah, right. we had a couple of UK accountants came to an event in Tapapa and Wellington uh, with Spotlight Reporting and, and I spoke at that event and they came up to me afterwards and said, yeah, can you tell us more about this? And, and then it turned out they were part of a coaching group. So four or five of them joined from the UK and I said, well, look, if you can get 15 of you, we'll come to the UK and um, and do a presentation. So we did that. And so that's how it launched in the UK, quite oh, by awesome. accident. I mean, it sounds to me like a really exciting um, thing to launch because, as you've already said, it fit with your purpose um, and you knew the in- industry inside out. Um, you thought that everyone should, you know, sh- should have had these types of systems already and they evidently didn't, still don't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, was it... Was it, did it feel fun and invigorating for you at the time? It was, I guess it was a bit like the same when I had my accounting firm. I, I, had, I had my head down for the first sort of two years in my accounting firm. Mm. And, and it wasn't until I heard one of the solicitors say to uh, one of the other accountants at a, at, a, at a function that I was at, you know, or, you know, Mark does a good job. I thought, oh, actually, well, that's that's nice to hear. I hadn't thought about it like that. I was just mm. doing the do, just working mm. hard. I'm sure Viv and I would say the same with the gap. It was like we were so busy on this journey that we were on to yeah. get the message to accountants that actually there's a there's a systemized way you can develop, de- you know, market, sell, and deliver mm. advisory services to your clients, and you don't have to define this all yourself you can Mm. you don't have to reinvent the wheel here the work's been done it was a really humbling experience for me because i I honestly thought that others would have already done it Mm. and i'm not trying to blow my own trumpet here it was just i was just fortunate that i'd put the time in and made the investment in the learning and i'd had such a good team of people around me who had implemented it as well so that had helped create the content and with the gap, yeah, it was. It's been a really exciting journey. We just finished our first sort of five-year strategic plan. We reviewed where we're at, and we would never have believed we would get to where we are now, and, mm. and we have. Um, and that was. Uh, it's it's still a humbling experience now. So would right. I say exciting and invigorating? No, I'd say hard work, humbling, and and really. I just feel so proud of the, you know, mm. the accounting firms that are, are really accelerating small business success. I'm, I'm proud to see accountants living into what I see as the, the true purpose of an accountant, and that is to help a small business owner to run a better business. So that's cool. more for me. Maybe that's altruistic. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm so old. <laughs> oh, you get your fun from rowing and long walks on the beach <laughs> and, and a glass of red, I, <laughs> I hear. <laughs> but uh, no, that, that's really interesting. I mean, um, I, I guess everyone experiences things differently. So, mm. um, you, well, were, you were so um, gung-ho about what you believed in mm. and that's obviously a big reason behind your success. And, and I think you're you're right that, yeah, you, you were... All, all the hard work in the past led to this stuff, this IP that you had. Um, and for us, I think it felt like we'd, we'd sort of made the journey to the point where we realized we wanted to do more of this kind of work with our clients and help them more. We'd started to figure out what that looks like. And then we hit a point where we're at exactly where, where what you said, 
well, now we need to come up with the systems. We need we need a way to deliver this mm. properly and and quite literally. And I'm sure this is why the business is called this. It you guys filled that gap for us. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and I, it's kind of I don't know the best way to describe it might be. It's going to be a very nerdy reference, but let's say uh, on Star Trek. Okay, here we go. You, you, you know, uh, the the Federation can't talk to another planet until they've reached a certain level of evolution technology. Okay. It's sort of like as an accountant, you get to a point and then suddenly the gap opened your eyes to mm. the rest of the world that is out there, mm. uh, which is definitely how I felt. I agree. I agree. And, and I think... Um, that's a really daunting thing, but a really mm. exciting thing at the same time. So, I guess I can relate to some of Mark's mm. when he's saying that for the first five years, you were just so busy hustling, spreading the message, spreading the word, mm. building the new idea. Um, you didn't really have time to stop and smell the smell the roses. Mm. And I mean, I guess it's the same as you guys, you know. I mean, you, you, you know, Dan, you've just shared your story about, you know, you got to a point and... Um, you know, you obviously spent a lot of time, a lot of dumb text wasted on Star Trek. I'm sorry, but yeah, really <laughs> I actually don't watch time. that much Star what Trek. I just knew that fact. Yeah. <laughs> what was the opportunity cost of yeah. that time watching Star Trek? But anyway, Luckily, I like, I like the analogy. But, yeah. but the, the, the point is you spend this time um, and you've invested in the, the podcast and, and that's, a, that's a great innovation, that a journey or a learning that I haven't had. And mm. so... You, you're able to pick the best when, you, when you're going on your journey and you don't, whatever you do, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. Mm. I was searching for this content for years and invested in, a, in quite a few things that didn't give me anything. Mm. And so I was trying to buy it elsewhere and I couldn't find it. Mm. Um, and, you know, equally, there, there isn't a, another accountant's podcast like your one. So you have to create it yourself. Mm. So as a, as a business owner, it's about... If there's something else that's out there, then sure, invest in that. Take take that into your business. Look at the technology that we adopt. And, you know, we don't try and develop our own technology. We just embrace what someone else has come up with. Mm. And the great thing about social media and, and the internet these days is we can share that information so freely and openly. Um, and our Gap community, you know, 700-odd members in that Gap community Facebook group, they're sharing concepts and ideas all the time. And so... That, that sharing is where you avoid paying a dumb tax as a business owner and can really leverage your time. So it just happened that my, my journey and my buzz was in the advisory space, mm. but it could have been equally something completely different. For a while there, I thought maybe tax consultancy, but um, that's probably worse than watching Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just... Just well, it's it's better. Star Star Trek's definitely better than watching a Wallabies game for the last twenty years yeah. so against the All Blacks. So, yeah. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I brought it up. I I, I ripped the bandaid off yeah. that one. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So something that uh, I do want to dive into a little bit that you just mentioned then, and not Star Trek, um, is the idea of building that community. You know, this is something in the accounting industry and 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 in the space that we're in that. I think is relatively new. Um, you know, f for a long time, accountants didn't speak to other accountants. Uh, certainly not where we are, mm. and we didn't know that many other accounting firms. Or you did, but you didn't really associate with them. Um, but now, through things like Zero, I think they were one of the big first ones to really bring people together. And then certainly the gap mm. uh, through your um, 
the days and the, and the seminars and things that you guys host and bringing everyone together. And that's some of the most value we've gotten out of mm. the gap is just one, the content, but two, talking to other accountants and, and having that community. So I'd like to, to hear a little bit of that idea from you and, and what that was like. And was that intentional? Was that something that just became a byproduct of how you already did things? Um, yeah. W- w- what was that journey like? Yeah, interesting and, and, and a great question. When I started the, the journey as an accountant, we had these wonderful things called SIGs and they, they weren't things you smoked. They were um, <laughs> special interest groups yeah. and these these and they still have them, um, Chartered Accountants Australia New Zealand. Um, so these special interest groups, but that was the network and that was the yeah. way that accountants used to connect with each other. Uh, and, and that really just now I, I, I get the sense that those groups uh, they still carry on, but the, the average age of the people in those has, has increased and increased. Mm. And the younger the younger generation, the the young guns like you guys, that that's not going to resonate with you as a as a way of connecting with other people. Uh, there's so many other ways to connect and network now. And so, the other thing that was going on for me, and again a, a real frustration, was that a lot of the training sessions, which was the opportunity to go and meet and and uh, mix with other accountants were highly technical training sessions. They weren't sessions on you know, leadership skills or some of the soft skills around selling or marketing or mm. showing empathy or, or mm. speaking wider than the numbers, uh, th- that sort of thing. There, there weren't training courses around that. And so at the gap, we wanted to really yeah, close that gap. We, the gap is called the gap because it, it, it bridges the gap between traditional compliance and the business advisory or business development world. Mm. And so we part of closing that gap was teaching people these soft skills around speaking wider than the numbers and good communication and empathy and um, and sales skills. And so that that was the beginning of the workshops. And so we created these workshops. And again, quite by chance, we built this community of accountants who were like-minded, similar age, loved to get on the booze after one of these sessions. I'm sorry, but yeah, I know I'm in good company when I say this. So we we created this fun environment where everyone really looked forward to getting together. And so I think we fulfilled a need that had been missing for quite some time. And, and Zero did it in a similar way, but they, their, their style was, you know, grand scale, massive, mm-hmm. you know, whereas ours is sort of 100, 120 people in the room together. And so that that was, again, by chance, because we were so, trying to solve a different problem. Mm-hmm. The problem we were trying to solve was the lack of soft skill training. And the byproduct was we created a community. Mm. And then the natural step beyond that was to create a Facebook group. And then, and now we're just, you know, launching different um, accelerator groups as well, user groups, getting people together in that format again. So realizing that the power of networking, even if it's online, uh, it's still a powerful way to, to, you know, to, to avoid being lonely and, and, you know, bereft, if you like, of thoughts or, or ideas about how you can do better in your business yourself. Yeah. Mm. A couple of points there that I liked. Um, looking forward to October's conference uh, in Queenstown. Hopefully things Sounds like there might be a few busy out. nights. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I just wanted to say, isn't um, uh, are the people who are members of the community of The Gap referred to as gappies? 
Is that right? Yeah, we yeah we do. Some people take exception to being called a gappy, but um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's it's said in the most you yeah. know it's an endearing yeah. endearing um, term we it's, use. It's better than or, a drunkie. Better than, oh, yeah, yeah, better than a drunkie, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's almost a trekkie, right? <laughs> <laughs> I regret mentioning that analogy. <laughs> I don't even watch that much Star Trek. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do agree with Dan. I think what you guys have done with the community is, mm. is really groundbreaking um, and one of the leaders in the space there. Um, what, what else is happening with The Gap and, and what does the future look like for you, Mark? Yeah, yeah th- thanks, for, thanks for your kind words, Tim. I mean, I, I guess the journey that I'm on is the same. It's, it's still how can we move the needle as an industry and how can we help small business owners, small and medium-sized business owners to get those three freedoms. So the more everything we choose to do will be through the filter of how can we influence the industry to serve small business owners better. Uh, And so the sorts of things we're we're doing are obviously more content, uh, but more now about linking the content together in a way, I mean, there are thousands of resources and documents in the gap mm. um, and, and potentially there's some overwhelm for, for members there. So making it easier for them to pick the eyes out of that and find the pieces of content that are most relevant to them. Mm-hmm. I guess the next stage for me is about, you know, really seeing, and I, I love working with young guns. I love working with you know guys like you guys who are who are keen. They're keen to give it a crack, try something different. And I find it very frustrating where we have you know like last year when there were various lockdowns in you know Australia and New Zealand, and you know I hear stories of my friends you know who own businesses and they're saying that i haven't heard anything from my accountant mm. or mm. or i talk to accounting firms and they say well we we can't do this work at the moment because we've just got to get our filing statistics up to date with the uh, you know with the ato or the mm. ird as it is in new zealand mm. and so that we're not moving the needle enough when we have those sorts of conversations or anecdotes of accounting firms going into lockdown but but in preparation for lockdown driving their trucks and trailers up to their offices so they can unload the desktop computers and all the paper files and drive them home (laughs) yeah we're we're not moving Mm. fast enough and and as an industry my mission is to is to not not for the accountants the accountants are the conduit to helping small businesses to do better Mm. And that's because when you do that as an accountant, you don't feel like that leech that I'm talking about. You yeah. feel like you're you're achieving your true purpose, however you define that. It will yeah. feel great. And I know many accountants that will be listening to this are already doing so many great things in this space. I, I get it. Mm. It's about how can we move the needle further? How can we move away from traditional, give away the legacy thinking, be innovative, be creative, try something new, be prepared to have those learnings and and really you know, push the envelope or stretch your own wrapper, get outside of your comfort zone and do some things that you wouldn't have thought possible. Mm. An, an example of that, you know, the number of accountants who were offering webinars to their clients 12 months ago was way, way less than it is now. Mm. And, and we see that the gap has contributed to that by putting together numerous webinars that accountants can deliver to their clients yeah. and that's education marketing and that's 
the education marketing is there to help the small business owner to see the value of connecting with their accountant for more than just the compliance work. Mm. So our journey is just beginning, guys. We're, yeah. we're only, yeah, plenty of more work to do. That's cool. And exciting. I think it's, um, it's interesting because it does trickle down. And so the learnings that, you know, us and other accountants are taking from this journey of our own will actually... Um, flow through into our clients and and they will take their own learnings and do their own things with that that as well um with different mindsets and and approaches to to running their own business so it's a nice little pyramid actually <laughs> that's a dirty word but <laughs> it's a it pyramid <laughs> I could have found out. Yeah. How did I get found out? It's taken seven years. This could be the best pyramid scheme that ever happened. <laughs> no, we, we, we love the gap. It's, yeah. it's really helped us in our journey mm. uh, in this space. Uh, those of you who are already members of the gap that listen to this um, will recognize when we do episodes based on content that yeah. we've, we've learned from the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're an accountant listening and, and you aren't a member of the gap, you should definitely check it out because mm-hmm. it's going to be helping you. Uh, it's going to help you on that journey. It's going to fill the gap. It's going to make sure that you have the resources to provide these services a lot easier than you think. And conferences in Queenstown. And conferences in Queenstown. In October. So, mm. yeah. Should be cool. Yeah, the, um, the 21st and 22nd of October. Long long may the uh, Trans-Tasman bubble stay <laughs> yeah. in place yeah. to yeah. enable that it to closed, happen. It closed recently for yeah. a few days. but uh, I'm, I'm watching yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the, the COVID situation quite... Uh, quite strongly I, w- I want to make it to Queenstown yes absolutely I mean you guys say some really kind things a- about the gap I-, I guess my message to in- in- you know everybody listening here is you know find your own purpose first think mm. about what it is that you want what what is it that you want to be delivering to your clients and and start start with your why start with the, those three freedoms how do you deliver to your clients those three freedoms um, and then how can you achieve those three freedoms yourself? Because uh, I'm a great believer of in, you know, w- our walk the talk core value, which is we practice what we teach. Mm. So we have our own 10 hat structure in, in the gap. We just did a five-year strategy review and we, we drew the diagram of what our 10 hat structure will look like in five years time. Yeah. That's gonna drive our decision-making and recruiting. We've set our strategy so we know what we need to achieve. We checked in on our core values and our core purpose and you know our brand promise we've got that crystal clear you know we want to teach people soft skills for life we want to give them practical and proven services that they can market sell and deliver to their clients and we want them to get recurring business advisory revenue if you do that yourself as an accounting firm and you get your brand promise remember my key accountants brand promise help clients make more money pay less tax have a great lifestyle then when you talk to your clients about that or prospective team members, you'll find that you have a bunch of clients and team members who live into your core purpose, live into your value or your culture card. Mm-hmm. And and the outcome will be a successful business. It's, it's the byproduct of the purpose that you're delivering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the same for me at The Gap. I'm, I'm here to influence the industry. I'm here to move the needle so that the small and medium-sized business owners do better. That's, that's, that's the journey I'm on. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think, you know, all of that speaks to accountants, but it also speaks to any business type. If you, if you look at your why, what you're offering, 
to solve in terms of problems for your customers and clients and what um, lifestyle needs you have, um, then you're going to be moving in that direction to towards feeling way more fulfilled, way happier and achieving better results. So, yeah, love the message. It's definitely, definitely rings true for me and mm-hmm. from what I've seen clients achieve too. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, I think we've, we've covered off... Uh, everything i was hoping to cover off today for sure uh so thank you for coming on mark uh thanks for brewing a business with us yeah it's a new saying i've just made up thanks for the opportunity (laughs) i'll um i'll go and um, go and check out that home brew now and uh, (laughs) see see how it has been brewing yeah yeah that's it do you actually brew beer at home or is that (laughs) no no no. (laughs) that would be a very big dumb tax Well, there's so it many. wouldn't work and it wouldn't taste nearly as good as what I can get out of a bottle, I'm sure. <laughs> there's some great breweries in New Zealand, so, no, so yeah, you absolutely. don't need to. You don't need to. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Mark. We appreciate it. And uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or The Gap, where should they go? Yeah, so our website's um, thegapportal.com, so two Ps in the middle there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll, you'll find us in there if you just search The Gap. I'm sure you'll, you'll find us there. Uh, I guess I just want to leave you all with one thought and, and, and because you've done the Star Trek reference, um, Dan, I've, I've, I've got to go one better with uh, this. Go, go to Star Wars and Yoda. Yes. And, you know, you've got um, do or do not. There is no try. Oh, love it. So you're either going to do this work and help your clients or you're not. I, love I it. hope you all choose to do it because, honestly, it's so much fun. It is really fulfilling and, and, and your clients will love you for it. That's awesome. There's no better way to end. Thanks, Uh, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Love it.